Hello. It's Ingrid Stair. Hey, Amy. Uh, it's Ingrid Stair with Relationships in Progress. And today I'm going to be doing a little bit of something different. I'm actually bringing on uh, a, a graduate of mine. I have her permission to, to say that she is a graduate of mine. Um, I, the guy in the background, that picture people have asked me about, he, he wrote a review on my Facebook page, Relationship Coaching and Coupling, um, Gray Thompson. He's a, a known artist here in Greenville, and I'm proud of him as being a graduate as well. Um, I want to start talking about how my program is very different. Uh, at relationship coaching and coupling. Previously, I've had some various different conversations and great guests talking about some of the things that they specialize in. And I want to kind of transition over. I also want to let you all know that I'm still on task with trying to find somebody for myself. And I got a date on third. Well, you, you won't know when this is being done, but it's coming up in the next couple of days. So he has called on the phone we are meeting because he's coming to my house to pick me up and going to dinner. So I'll let you all know how that goes. So as things are progressing, it's all good. I'm so excited to have this wonderful woman on. She, her name is Dr. Amy Duffy. She's a medical doctor. We've had some PhDs on. Now we have a medical doctor on. And um, she's a family medicine specialist. She has over 17 years experience. She graduated from the university. University of Texas Medical School, and um, she focuses uh, on her, her practice of wellness. Um, she is at Carolina Integrative Medicine. She combines, combines conventional health care with proven alternative therapies to improve overall health. Welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm so excited. I'm excited that you're here. I love what you're doing. Uh, and, and I am familiar with some of the things that you're doing as far as transitioning over. It's different for our area. Is that correct? I mean, you're one of the pioneers. We talked about this. You're one of the pioneers doing what it is that you're doing. So maybe you can explain better than me in the introduction. I've got all my questions for you, but we'll just have a fun, organic conversation. So tell me what, you, what you're doing that's so different. I think that really what, what is so interesting about what we do, and I think it is a growing um, entity in the medical field. I think people are, are you know, finding some frustration in, in sort of our, our traditional medical approach of, you know, I have a symptom or I have a diagnosis and what's the pill that's going to fix me, um, you know, and, and really getting lost sort of in the medical system. I mean, our, our healthcare system is getting bombarded, especially you know, in our, in our um, COVID, COVID quarantine type, you know, place right now. So even in the last six months or so, it's transitioned some, but, um, you know, in traditional medicine or conventional medicine, I think both the patients and the doctors are sort of stuck in what is the cookie cutter approach, you know, the, the few minutes that we're allowed to spend with our patients isn't enough time to really dive into what is the core issues of what's going on and not just gathering that information, but helping them do something about it. So, you know, you can have all the information in the world. We know that we should exercise more and we know that it should, we should eat better. Um, but, but when it comes to the frustration of when those things aren't working, you know, I see a lot of, um, 
women, the majority of my patients are women, although we do men's health too, but you know, they're just, fr they're frustrated. They're exhausted. They're tired. They're not sleeping. They feel like their hormones are wacky. They're trying to exercise. They're trying to eat better, but they keep gaining weight. They're, you know, it just becomes frustrated and they don't really know what to do. And there's a lot of information out there, right? We have, you know, Facebook and, and Dr. Google tells us everything about what we're supposed to do. And so I know that there's their, their thought processes, I know that there's something that I can do, but I just don't know what. And every time I go to the doctor, I ask, what can I do? And I don't get answers. I just get a new prescription or, you know, if you just lost weight or you got more sleep, you'd feel better. And so my approach is not only just uh, the importance of gathering information. We want to look at why your body is doing what it's doing and be able to figure that out. But just like what you do, Ingrid, in, in your practice is we want to we want to coach people through that we want to help them not just understand how to do it but but actually be able to do it so so when we when we combine those things together we have kind of a three-step process which is gathering the information it's get, creating a plan you know you have to have kind of the blueprint you have to have a plan where am I now and where do I want to be and how are we going to get there and then actually helping people take that step-by-step -step approach. So that's, that's kind of what we do. You, and, and it's very similar to my practice in that a lot of times people are, and, and what, I'm, what I'm working on doing is, is moving, as I said in the introduction, I'm moving on gearing back towards, let's, let's talk about how you can have a better life and have a better dating life. And, and health and wellness definitely comes into play. But yeah. you, you get people who come here usually when, there's a problem, mm -hmm. right? So yep. you, you are wanting, and, and just like with me, I have so many preventative programs where, you know, let's do premarital coaching and let's do, um, you know, before you get into a relationship again and go and date the same types of people. Um, and for you, before you go and do the same types of things. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about how to attract a person. Usually you're going to get more people probably for your business as well. You're going to get more people that are coming to you when they're not doing as well. How do we get people who can come and be proactive? I see you doing so many seminars and you guys have adjusted your practices adjusted really well because you said we're not letting the COVID thing and not meeting in person. Cause you usually have them at a nice restaurant. Yeah. You're, like, I'm not doing that. I'm just going to go ahead and continue doing it. And I see that you're getting a lot of really good responses. Those, those are about inflammation um, a lot of the time. So I want to talk about that too. But how are you, you getting people before they get to a place where there's a problem? I think there's a combination of that. But, but um you know, one, yeah, we're, we, we used to do kind of dinner seminars and now, you know, everything is virtual, which is beautiful because we can reach people, you know, when they're, when they're sitting at home or, you know, even some people are driving and they're listening to our conversations and, and people are starting to get more used to gathering information in that way, um, just like what we're doing today. So, so one, I think it's actually better. I think it's easier for us to reach out to more people than, than trying to organize people coming, you know, to a physical location, taking time out of their busy lives to get there. So, so that's been helpful from that perspective. But I think it's, it's a tricky thing because again, like you said, it's, you know, people usually don't seek help until they're broken. 
and, and trying to help people to understand that, especially in medicine, when it gets to that place, you've got, you know, diet, we're not just dealing with symptoms now, but we're actually starting to deal with the diseases that, that come from that. So, you know, people tell me all the time that they watch, um, you know, their, their older loved ones, their parents, their grandparents go through, um, you know, strokes and diabetes or, you know, um, dementia, things like that. And so they don't, they don't want to do that. And they start to see some changes in their life, especially as they're getting into kind of their 40s and 50s. Again, I, I, I do a lot of women's health care. So, you know, I, I see a lot of women kind of going, I don't want to be like my mom was when she was 60 or 70. And she was really overweight and unhappy. And I didn't see her as active as she was. Now she's, you know, 70. And she seems so old, you know, she just kind of sits around and doesn't do anything. So, so they're not there yet, but they're starting to see, you know, their behaviors and their thoughts and feelings going in that direction. And so being able to sort of, you know, um, talk about where do you not want to be is sometimes helpful in, in helping people recognize that, you know, these little signs that you're having fatigue and you're not sleeping well and, and we're really easy to rationalize, you know, where that's coming from. Oh, it's I'm stressed and, and it's just because I have, you know, little kids and when they start getting bigger, it'll get better. And, and then we realize, okay, that's been two years that I've been, you know, not exercising and not getting good rest. And, and that's when, you know, our bodies start to fall, fall apart. So trying to help people to recognize that, particularly when we talk about hormones, let's talk about that for a second, because that's one of my favorite things is that, you know, we hear the word menopause and menopause kind of feels like you're old, you know, menopause feels like, oh, that's what happens when, when you're an old lady. And, and so when I have conversations with, uh, with women about hormones, you know, and they're in their late thirties or forties, or mid forties, and they're like, I think this is hormones, but I'm too young for that. You know, they don't want to accept that, that there may be some hormone changes. And really, it's all integrated together. But because of our lifestyle, because of toxins, because of, um, you know, the world that we live in now, I think that hormones are changing um, sooner rather than later. We're starting to see more hormone-related symptoms. And stress can definitely affect your hormones. So I start to see sort of hot flashes and irritability and night sweats and hormone related things in, in women who aren't really expecting to be in menopause yet. And I think we can start to see those changes, you know, over the course of 10 years before menopause actually happens. So they know something's going on there. I, I just want to chime in here too. I didn't put this in when we, when I was introducing you, but your background, you've delivered many, many babies and yep. you're is in um, OBGYN and, and women's health, um, even though, like you said, you do work with, with men, but I did want to just throw that in there. So you have a lot of experience with working with, uh, with, with women and changes over time, watching these changes from giving birth to uh, hit, having menopause and, and even late post-menopause and later in life. So I, I want to just throw that out there that you have that yeah. many years of experience, those 10,000 hours, as, as we, talk uh, as we say. Lots and lots of hours of, of delivering babies and, and learning, you know, a different way of doing things. And 
So yeah, and family practice trains, but at, at, you know, in small rural towns, which is where I did my training, we, we delivered babies. And so that was one of my most favorite things to do. And I got really good at it. And, and so I actually had a unique opportunity to join an OBGYN practice about a year after I finished my family practice residency with this like niche to sort of blend some primary care for women's health and OB at the same time. So I could continue to live, deliver babies and then be the primary care person for the women that were in that practice. So when I wasn't delivering all these babies, I was taking care of women and, you know, women have, have different symptoms, unique symptoms and, and hormones is one of them. And that was back during the time when it still is a controversy, but we were hearing a lot more about hormone replacement and, and the negative um, aspects of hormone replacement and, I wasn't satisfied with kind of our traditional medical approach to, you know, hormones are bad, only take a little bit, only take it for a short period of time, um, but, but they can cause harm. And so it was really hard for me to have a conversation with a patient, hey, I can get rid of your hot flashes, but this might cause you harm in the future. That, that didn't settle well with me. So I knew that there had to be another approach and I just kind of continued to search and and research and look for, for different information. And I happened upon the whole idea of bioidentical hormones, and that's a whole another topic of conversation, I know, but, but that's what sort of started this process of recognizing that the idea of, of natural hormone balancing, if you call it, is if we're talking about some hormone-related symptoms, it tells us that's a sign that something's just not quite right. And we need to search and see what is the imbalance going on, how do we need to correct that, and then we're going to see things get back to normal. And that's what our goal is, is get back to normal. We don't want to band-aid it. We don't want to cover it up. We just want to make it work the way that it's supposed to work. And that's how I started in hormones. But then when you start thinking about other types of medicine, it's the same thing. So high blood pressure is a sign from your body. Something's not right. So we need to go figure out what is that not right. Depression, anxiety, not sleeping, stress, all of those things are just symptoms that something isn't right and so we need to work on that and it's not my job to fix people so there's not going to be a magic pill or a magic potion that's going to fix all those things but it's about blending the whole system together and a lot of it is talking a lot of it is that coaching a lot of it is getting your mindset in a place where you know how to handle that stress better so it doesn't affect you inside and then some of it is, is working on the stress from the inside with nutrition, gut health, detox, all those things combined together to get you back to one whole person, which is kind of what you do is, you know, we got to get you back to one whole person so you can function in wherever you're going to be. Well, I, I, I have so many questions too. I, you mentioning that about the coaching, because I have heard from so many people that, you know, this prescription is given and that there's not a question with the coaching that you do about how did this, how did we get here? There's yeah. no there's conversations of how do we get there? Don't usually exist with a lot of medicine today. I want to jump back to something that you said. So I love the fact that you're doing that. But I want to ask you, you had mentioned that the hormones are changing for people. I think that's really important to bring that into the conversation. And I also think that it's really important to talk about it in this, in this way because we don't talk about so much of the time as my body has changed as a female. We don't, we don't talk about that. 
there's a shame in talking about perimenopause and menopause. And for men bringing men into this, there is such a thing as menopause. So it was my top question, as you know. For <laughs> yeah, I remember. We want to spend some time talking about that to really help people. So can, can you talk about how the food maybe is changing things or, or what's happening that is or our environment changing things and what you're seeing over the years of experience that you have and how best we can help women and men maybe identify and start having better conversations with their doctor and with their friends because friends are a really yeah. great resource too to, to say, hey, did this weird thing happen to you? Yeah, that weird thing happened to me. And, and then you start n normalizing the conversation. Yeah. So go ahead. So where to start? But I, you know, I remember, you know, a, a, a very common occurrence, which is, you know, having women, um, you know, again, in that kind of late 30s, maybe up to mid 40s, having these hormone symptoms. And I'm thinking things like, um, you know, more PMS, irritability, maybe some irregular periods, again, that weight that goes along with it, I'm having hot flashes, wait, that's what old women do when they're holding their fans, you know, so, so like you said, women don't want to talk about that, because it makes them feel old. And when they're, they're only 40 or 41 or 42, you know, we're, we're pushing back at that, we don't, we don't want to feel old. So, so one, we don't talk about it. But two, the conversation, especially in the medical community is sort of like, okay, this, this just happens sometimes and we can just, even though you may not need birth control for contraceptive purposes, let's just put you on birth control to, you know, to regulate those symptoms. And that's a very common thing that we see. And again, we're not asking the question of why is this happening? It's just kind of like, oh, that happens all the time. So here, just do this. And then if either that's not working or you have some reason why we can't do hormones or you don't want to do hormones, then the other option is antidepressants. So it's kind of like, okay, well, you're having these symptoms, but rather than going to the reason, we're just gonna go to a Band-Aid, so maybe you just don't care that you have these symptoms so much, right? So it's like, you, you get a choice, do you wanna take an antidepressant or do you wanna take a birth control pill when you don't really need contraception? And, and again, we're missing the whole point of where did this come from in the first place? So back to your original question of, why are we seeing these hormone changes? And I do think that we're seeing them earlier. We're even seeing hormone changes in girls, right? We used to see the, the average young female, you know, doesn't start their period until they're 13, 14, maybe even 16. And now we're seeing it 9, 10, you know, 11 years old. And where is that coming from? And it goes directly to what you're talking about is, is our environment, our diet, the toxins, the carbs, the sugar, the exposure to even what we call xenoestrogens, which is kind of like um, chemicals that are in plastics and some of our even meat and our fish and things um, are, are exposing us to sort of these environmental hormones that start to change how our body works. Um, so the other thing that happens is that I think exposure to all these chemicals. So, so we're in, you know, the fast food world where our, our world has become super busy, you know, Kids are, are getting up early, they're going to school, they have activities, you know, until 10 o'clock at night. And, and then on the weekends, we got activities and, and our world is just busy um, compared to where we were even 20, 30 years ago, right? So, so it's convenient to, to, to purchase fast food or to purchase frozen meals. It's also cheaper to do that. So when we're getting exposed to all of these chemicals um, that are in our fast 
convenient food as well as all the sugar that's associated with that. And even if it's um, carbs from a cheeseburger and French fries, it still turns into sugar. All of that is gonna put a stress on our system. It makes us gain more weight. The more weight we have, I know that was a question, the more weight we have, the more our hormones change. So we tend to make estrogen in our fat cells. So we get higher amounts of estrogen. And again, we're getting exposed to estrogen from these chemicals. So that adds to the estrogen picture. And that makes us start to change, you know, the balance of how our hormones are. So that's one um, part of that picture. The other part is that um, we're, we're full of toxins and our ability to detox um, our body is just bombarded with these chemicals all day long, whether it's in you know, the air we breathe, the water we drink, or again, the food that we're taking, the medications we're putting into our body, the beverages we choose to drink, um, these vaping that these kids are doing now, you know, those are all chemicals that go through our liver and your liver is your filter. It's kind of like the, the lint catcher in your dryer. If you do load after load after load of laundry and you don't clean out the, the, the lint catcher in your dryer, your dryer isn't gonna be as efficient, it stops working, right? And, and it may not stop working, but you go check the load and it's, it, the dryer was on, you feel the heat when you, turn, when you open the door, but the clothes are still wet. So it's not working as efficiently as it should until you clean that filter out. So our liver is the same way. It's gotta, it's gotta filter all these chemicals and your liver has to filter your hormones too. So if it's backed up, and it's not able to get things through the way it's supposed to, those hormones are gonna accumulate over time. So we're starting again to see an imbalance. And, and so it's minimizing those toxins in, in our environment exposure that we're putting in, but also helping our body detox. And it goes then to the sedentary lifestyle. One of the benefits of exercise is detox, right? When we move our bodies around, it's gonna mobilize some of those toxins from storage. When we sweat, we get rid of toxins. So when we're not moving because we're too tired and we're too busy, those toxins are just sitting around. So, I mean, there's, there, I could go on and on and on, you know, in terms of where this is coming from, but those are some main kind of ideas. And, and a lot of what you focus on, and I do want to talk about weight as well, um, obesity, I was reading about manipulating in, in prepping, prepping to talk with you, uh, manipulating hormones helps, helps with a fat balance and the hormones that are important with that insulin, cortisol, estrogen, testosterone, testosterone and estrogen going down in women when in menopause. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and hormone sensitive lipase is another one I started looking at. I'm not a medical doctor. So, <laughs> I, but I, it would be great to ask about how that manipulation uh, and fat balance can really help people with inflammation. And do you see obesity as far as being a big concern in the medical, in your medical practice? Absolutely. For, you know, every reason that I just talked about, obviously, is that, you know, our diets are not great. We're not moving our bodies. We're not detoxing. So, so you get caught up in this catch 22, right? So, so I've showed you a couple pictures where we have too much estrogen. We call that estrogen dominance. And we get caught in this vicious cycle. The more estrogen we have, the more fat we build or we store, if you want to call it. And then the more fat you have, which is um, these lipase or, or lipoid little cells is what that is. And lipase is the enzyme that helps you break down your fat. So when you're talking about that estrogen sensitive thing, 
estrogen makes it harder to break down that fat. So the more estrogen you have, the more fat you're going to accumulate. So I know it's kind of confusing because you're thinking about, okay, I thought menopause was a decrease in estrogen, and it is, but what we're actually seeing in that pre- or perimenopausal place is higher estrogen and low progesterone, which is, which is kind of confusing. But um, So the more estrogen we have, the more fat we store, the more fat we store, the more estrogen we're going to make, and so it just creates this vicious cycle. I then got throw, it. Question. So in yeah. peri is when we're starting to gain the weight, right? Because we have yes. this, estrogen. then our estrogen and testosterone levels plummet. We can't get rid of the weight. Right. It's stuck in our, in our cells. Yeah. So, so another reason that you're talking about doing it sooner is start taking care of that when you start feeling some of these symptoms, you know, let's jump on it then when you're 38 and 40, rather than wait until it really starts to get hard when you're, when you're in that actual menopausal place. But anytime we can start to recognize, and so yes, my bread and butter is hormones and a lot of people come to me for hormones and, and I love this topic. But when I start talking about this bigger picture, you realize that it doesn't do us benefit to just give you more hormones, right? We've got to work at why the hormones are out of balance in the first place and start working from that. Now, some people we may need to do some hormones and I'm talking about not just estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, but we look at adrenal function, we look at thyroid. Insulin is a hormone, just like you said. So when we're eating that sugar and carbs, it increases our blood sugar. We got insulin spikes. The more insulin we have, the more fat we store as well. So it all starts to interconnect together. Insulin is very inflammatory. You were talking about inflammation. So we can't just have that blind, you know, blinders on to say, okay, this is a hormone thing. Here's your pill for that. This is a weight thing. Here's your pill for weight loss. You know, that kind of stuff. It's kind of like, how do we put all this together? And what I think it's really frustrating for people is that they, they see this weight gain happening. They go, okay, I need to get a hold on this. I'm going to, I'm going to eat nothing but chicken and broccoli and I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. And they do that and they get mad because they're gaining weight instead of losing weight. And so it's not just about calories in calories out. We really have to look at the bigger picture. And that's where we start looking at what are your hormone imbalances. And, and there may be some support that we need to do to help gear up that metabolism to get those hormones balanced, to get that fat loss happening. So what I say is what we do is not a weight loss program, but weight loss is a healthy consequence of what happens when we get things working the way it's supposed to. I love it. And I, you know, you're sitting here with all of this knowledge and I go back to that 10,000 hours that we talked about and that comes from Malcolm Gladwell and, um, and then it takes over 10,000 hours in order to, to be really good at something. And I also think what it takes is education and it also takes seeing and years of experience of seeing something's not working the way we're doing healthcare it, this isn't really healthcare so let me try to do something different so that's that's what my my company is about and one of the reasons why I love what you're doing with your company too because it's about that experience using that experience and that knowledge to to pioneer and do something a little bit different is there is there something that people can do, maybe one change that I know we talked about, there's all these moving parts, but is there one thing other than coming to see you, which would be their one 
I do. Um, what would you suggest for people? Give this a try because I know what you're talking about, especially as we get older for weight loss. Um, across the board, I was reading about how how um, you're, you, I won't go into all that because that's, that's so, uh, basically it stays, it, it, when people start gaining weight, it's very difficult for people to lose it because it stays inside of their body, that it um, has to do with fat versus muscle and how it assimilates in the body, if you've ever heard of that. And, um, and the stress adds to the weight gain. So what happens a lot of the time is that you go to the gym and eat the fish, like you were saying, and then weeks go by and nothing, it's not happening the way you want to. What I've learned because I've been on my own weight loss journey myself. Um, and I have learned that it takes a lot longer as we get older. So you have to be patient. And, um, so, so adding to that, what do you, what could you suggest to people? One maybe thing or two maybe things if they want to reduce inflammation, they want to lose weight, um, they're going to need to go to you for the hormones. So, so that, that, that's a little bit different, but what's something they could do so, on their yeah, own? I, you know, I've been thinking about this question a good bit because um, if I had that answer, I mean, I think I'd be a millionaire, you know, what is the one thing we can do? So um but I, but I understand the question is, is there one positive thing that we can do? And there's sort of two things that come to mind for me. And the first one is that um, we, there's a mind body connection, you know, you talk about that a lot, right? And I think that our, our um, stress, you know, I mean, stress is just a huge thing. And I've been working on this, you know, in my own journey, as well as that, you forget that just self-care is so important. And so we can get caught up in, I've got to go to the gym, you know, so, so exercise we know is important and eating better is important. Well, well, what does that lead to in some people? They're, they're waking up at 4.35 o'clock in the morning to fit it into their schedule. And so they're getting lack of sleep and then, and then they're obsessed about their diet and their food. And so they're, you know, they're planning and they're organizing and all things that are good. I'm not saying that those, you know, if it's important, it's going to go on your schedule and you're going to make it happen, right? But sometimes we got to step back and be like, okay, it's not about being lazy, but it's about what is really going to work. And I think we get burned out when we try to do all those things all at one time. So what I would say to people is find the one thing that you can do 10 minutes a day consistently over time. So like you said, it, it takes a little bit of time and we need to be patient what we want to do when we start on a weight loss journey is we do it all at once. And, you know, we're joining the gym and we're going to go five days a week for an hour and a half. And then I'm going to eat, you know, a perfect. And when that, that doesn't last because you can't sustain that for a really significant length of time. So, so we make this commitment, I'm going to do it. And then something happens and two weeks go by and you, you miss a, you miss a day at the gym and then, you know, you have a cheat day because you just can't stand it anymore. And then our psychology gets in the way, our psyche, and then we get mad at ourselves and we feel guilty and we get depressed and, and then we don't go back, you know. So, so all of these efforts that we're trying to achieve end up not working. And, and I think, again, that, that baby step approach, pick, pick one thing and whether it's an exercise that you can do. Um, I love doing these little like seven minute workouts or 10 minute hit workouts that you can do in your living room at home. It doesn't take any equipment. If you do that consistently over time, you're going to see things change. 
And the same thing mentally, we hear about meditation, it seems like only Buddha does that, you know, but the more that we get get out of our stress and out of our world and just into a calm place, you know, I, I think it's crazy, but we hear, we see the science behind actually just breathing, you can lose weight, you know. So those are the two it's, things I think about is. It's in the breath. Yeah, I, it's in the breath. And so um, I love those suggestions. And it is, it's a great answer to mind-body um, solution. And you described it pretty perfectly of what, because when we were in quarantine, I um, joined a, a weight loss group with some of some other friends of mine who were in acting school together. So we're reconnecting after 20 years and uh, that's already weird. I had just done something for a local station here and I was like, oh my gosh, I know I wore the wrong shirt, but is that what I really look like? And I need to, you know, it's very different than taking a selfie of yourself from up here. And then it's like, oh, eye opening. And so what I chose to do is I did something like help my neighbor. My neighbor, um, she's an elderly person and she needed her yard mowed and I needed mine mowed. I borrowed her lawnmower and I started doing her grass. So I wanted to do something a little, A, it's helpful. It fuels connection. Um, it's something that's good and healthy. And that's a huge part. It's one of the things that I implemented. Have fun with it too. Because yeah. what, we were in the, in the course and we were in the group. What you're describing and what I am really pushing against is this idea that this old person idea, I don't want to get old. And so, and not embracing it because what started happening was just what you're talking about. People were just like, oh, I'm too old for this. And it's just not going to happen. And I might as well just forget about it. And I'm not going to lose the weight. And I might as well just have the Twinkies. And so they, they kind of, you know, some of the people kind of abandoned it. And um, so uh, and I don't blame them for that because, because we are taught that we have this instant kind of, it's going to happen immediately. And when it doesn't happen immediately, you know, the weight loss industry, as you well know, is a billion dollar industry, a multi-billion dollar industry because of all of this fast, fast working things and take this pill and do this thing. And it's good to to know that there is, um, you know, if we do, if, if there are processes and your company, um, your practice provides processes to help people actually really truly lose weight and have coaching in place and not only lose weight. So we're doing that because, you know, Hey, I'm doing it because I want to look better and um, feel better and, and have better health. And I also am trying to find somebody. And so, um, and those all go hand in hand. But really what it's about for years in the, I feel better. I have my, I, ha, I feel better. And it, so it's not just about looking better. It's about feeling better. And that's, that's where you come in too. Yep, absolutely. It's all, again, all interconnected. And I like that approach or, or the comment about it takes time, you know? So, so I, I have programs kind of like you have. So somebody comes to me and it's like, well, how long is it going to take me to feel better? How many visits do we need to have that sort of thing? I mean, certainly we can have a conversation about that, but, but, you know, we've got to take some baby steps along the way. We've got to build foundations that have been damaged over time before we can, you know, before we can see those results. So, you know, we see results quickly. I'm not saying that, but when it comes to that, that weight loss, and, and like you said, the weight loss industry, 85% of that billion dollar industry is return customers, right? So, <laughs> 
So people show up and they do it and then they go off on their own and then they need to come back again. And I, I always say, um, you know, my goal is that I can give you wings so you can fly your own plane and you don't need me anymore. My best success is when I don't have a return customer, right? So I love connecting with people and that's fantastic. And yeah, just like you, it's like, we don't want to do therapy from now until the rest of our lives to get over whatever our, our issues are. We, we've got to have a plan, get it in place and get it solidified. And I, I give the power back to the people, you know, I don't want to fix anybody. That's not my job, but my job is to help give you the knowledge, tools and support that you need to learn how to do it yourself. So you have the power to be able to keep going in that path and, and getting healthier as you age. That's really what we want to do. We don't have to be afraid of getting older. It's, it can be a beautiful thing. You know, people are retiring, you know, in, in their sixties, right? And the last thing you want to do is work your butt off all, all your whole life to be feeling so bad that when you retire, you don't want to do anything. Right. You know? So do it now, you know, take care of yourself now so that you can experience those amazing things that happen. You know, grandkids, how many people are frustrated because they've got grandchildren and they can't do anything with them. So. I agree. And, and we're living longer than we've ever lived before. Middle age is not what it used to be. It's not the gray hair, um, you know, 50 year old sounds so old. It's still funny when you talk to young people though, they still think that <laughs> they think 50 or 60 is old. It's like, wait, wait. Um, so yeah. uh, I finally uh, kind of winding down here. I want to ask you your opinion about sleep, how important it is, how important it is in weight loss, how important it is in, in having a good day, the importance of sleep, and if you have any tips that can help people with that, be it turn off electronics an hour ahead of time or whatever medical kind um, researcher or what you found. Sure. So... Uh you know, just like what you said, I mean, sleep is, is, is one of the most important things, if not, if not the most important thing. I mean, that we are physiologically designed for needing that sleep because that's how our body recovers from, you know, the stress of the day and, and those things. And I think we push through again and again, that, that idea that it's, it's lazy to sleep, you know, so we stay up late at night and then we're, we're setting our alarms for five in the morning so we can get up and go to the gym and, get all the things done we need to do before we go to work and it's lazy to take a nap and and you know we've created that sort of in our society that that sleep is overrated if you want to call it or or you know I'm tired but I just one of the things I see all the time is we call it tired and wired right you're exhausted during the day but then when it is actually time to go to sleep now now you have time to sit and think. And that's why I say go back to that meditating and get out of your head because now the wheels start spinning and now you're thinking about all the things that you didn't do that you should have done or all the things that you need to do tomorrow. And it doesn't just let you relax and sleep. So, so we need sleep. We know that we need sleep. There's certainly lots of evidence as to the number of hours we need. And it really is just about you should be able to sleep enough that when you wake up, you, you feel rested. And some people that might only be five or six hours, but for many people, it's more like eight or nine hours. And we've got to be able to adjust to that um, in, in, in our life and easier said than done. I know for some people in their work schedules, but, but um, what do we do? A huge thing that, that people do is 
drink alcohol at night because it helps them relax. And I think that one, it helps you relax. But what happens is when that alcohol goes out of your system, it's actually stimulating. And so it wakes us up. And so if we can minimize that, I'm not saying, you know, never drink again and, and not have a, you know, a beverage every once in a while. But if you can do it earlier in the evening, so, you know, more five or six in the evening rather than, you know, taking that drink all the way till, you know, a nightcap, if you want to call it right before bedtime. Um, and, and it's the same thing, whether it's alcohol or it's carbs, you know, people get snacky at nighttime. So they're eating a lot of, um, you know, either sweet snacks, they want to have cookies, they want to have ice cream, you know, they're sitting in front of the TV. So they're having the, the popcorn and the pretzels and that kind of stuff. And I think those carbs are also going to play a role in your blood sugar fluctuation. So that's one of the things in, in our programs that we see happen fairly quickly is people stop um, or, or start sleeping better when we start regulating some of those, those habits in the evenings. Good answer. It also affects your, 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 your dream sleep, your REM sleep as well. And so, which is a very important part of restorative sleeping. So um, that's a, that's a really great tip. And um, closing out again, because I, I can keep going. I, all of these people I've talked to, especially you, I know you, I know how compassionate you are about working with your clients, how, how, you, um, how, how you really care about people. And it, it really does show in the seminars that you're doing to help people and give people, taking the time to do this podcast and help people. Um, so I appreciate that. And like I said, I know you and, and, and have, have worked with you over time and the compassion really shows. And I think that is what, where the rubber meets the road when it comes to healthcare any, anymore, that people have access to you. There's coaching, there's other people that they have access to at your facility. So it's not just a, Hey, here's a 15 minute, um, here's a 15 minute um, meeting or anything like that. It's, it's, it's a real, in, it's in your name, integrative medicine in Carolina. So how do people get a hold of you? So the best way, two ways really, is we have a Facebook page. It's Carolina Integrative Medicine. And that's where you'll find these seminars you're talking about. So I usually do a weekly uh, webinar and varying topics um, like what we talked about, hormones, inflammation, stress, uh, thyroid, adrenal dysfunction, that sort of thing. So those are all posted on our Facebook page. And certainly our website is www.carolinaintegrativemedicine.com. So either one of those, you'll find information about uh, myself and about the practice and we'll go from there. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Um, I so appreciate it. I miss seeing you. So I hope to see you sometime soon. <laughs> and I do. I'm, I, I, um, I also like to have real relationships. If I'm teaching people how to have relationships or helping them with their relationships, I like to have real relationships with my clients too. So I grow very fond of them and then they grow amazing and then they graduate. And then, so I, you know, we're, we're on Facebook together and I, I've been watching all of the success and all yeah. the great, you've been doing a lot of speaking engagements too. Um, even up in where yeah. we're, we're that up in Harvard, you've spoken there and uh, you've spoken a couple of other different places too, right? You're still doing that? Yeah. 
Lots. We just did um, the CNN Center in Atlanta was was the first post COVID, and it was it was kind of a wellness, you know, medical. We had um, Dr. Oz. I had a fun picture on Zoom with Dr. Oz, and and just again, you know, my passion, my purpose is is not only to help the person that's sitting there right in front of me, um, but you know, if if you don't know that there's a different way to do things, then you're going to be stuck, you know, in in this same pattern. So the more that I can get out there and share this information, so I absolutely um, appreciate you for inviting me on on this this program because that's what we're all about, right? Is we we've got to get the word out there that there's a different way to do things, and and you know, it's it's what I do, it's what I love, and and the more I can help people, and the more I can help people to understand, you know, again that we don't have to be stuck in that same traditional medicine with pills. Um, so so. How do we get the word out there, right? We got we got to put our names out there. We got to put our faces out there. We got to put our words out there. So so this venue, um, doing the webinars on Facebook, going to speaking events where we can share what we do with others is is the best way to do that. So great! I'm glad you're doing it. Thank you so much again. Thank you.